Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show and happy to be doing a live uh, actually during the day for once. Uh, obviously, it's Martin Luther King Day, so um, I'm off from work today. So I'm able to record a daytime episode as opposed to my normally late night vampire episode. So it's great to be on in the day. Uh, if you're watching live, please welcome. Hopefully, we'll get some people on today as uh, obviously I'm in the daytime, not when everybody is going to sleep. So great to be on. Again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I am the host of the show. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. And today I'm going to be discussing and reviewing the new entry into the Scream franchise, uh, simply, of course, titled Scream that opened this past Friday. So I'm going to be discussing and reviewing this movie. I got to see it with my wife this weekend. So I'm uh, eager to talk about that. But before I get into that, let's do uh, our housekeeping. Again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. This is an audio podcast that you can find on Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, Amazon Music, Podbean, and also directly on Google. Uh, so if you uh, subscribe to any of the those following apps, just go ahead and add the show. Uh, click subscribe, and of course, you'll get updates when new episodes are uh, downloaded for you to listen to. Uh, so if you've already done that, thank you. If you're a regular listener to the program, I appreciate it. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Hopefully you will enjoy uh, my discussion of movies. Uh, I started this podcast as a lifelong lover of movies, and uh, it's one of my favorite things to do, and I'm very happy to uh, share my love of movies with others out there. So again, you can also, of course, if you're watching live, I'm live now on the following platforms. I'm live on Twitter. The handle there is at Bend Your Ear Pod, so feel free to follow me there. I am also live on the channel's Facebook page, which is located under Let Me Bend Your Ear. Also live on YouTube. The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. If you do choose to listen there, go ahead and click subscribe on the channel. And uh, when I go live, you'll get notifications um, when I am live if you want to join the show live. Or, of course, you can watch it at your convenience on demand. And uh, I'm also on Twitch. I don't think I have any followers yet on Twitch, so um, I'm live there now as well. The handle is also at Bend Your Ear Pod. Uh, those are not archived, so if you happen to be on Twitch and I'm uh, recording uh, an episode, it'll go live there as well. So you can follow on all those platforms there, or again, if you want to listen to the audio version, uh, if you already do, on all the following uh, apps that are the apps that I just mentioned. Also, please feel free to visit the website. The website is LetMeBendYourEar.com. All the episodes are located there, so if you ever want to download them, you can download them directly from the website. If you don't use a podcasting app, you can download them there and listen to them at your convenience. Uh, you can also see the video episodes. Uh, those aren't from the beginning. I just started uploading or, or clicking a link to the YouTube channel video episodes there. So the last three or four are there, and then going forward, these episodes that I record live will be there available. So if you prefer to watch it on video, uh, you can get it either the video or the audio on the website. So you have that option there as well. If you want to email the show, uh, if you have any questions, any suggestions on movies you want to want me to review or any uh, thoughts or opinions on the show, the email address is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, now, again, before we get into the review, a couple things I'd like to ask. If you are a regular listener to the show, once again, I really appreciate you uh, checking the show out and uh, more importantly, telling your friends about it if they're looking for a new movie podcast. Uh, two things I would ask that you that you do, if you see my post on social media, specifically on Twitter, I do post on Instagram as well. The handle is also at Bend Your Ear Pod. Uh, just um, share and retweet those episodes, like those episodes, 
Um, that's a great way to help an independent podcaster grow an audience. Uh, so if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. Secondly, if you listen to this show on a podcasting app, you know, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to this show, if that's how you do it, if you could rate and review, uh, hopefully you give a five-star review because you really like it. But if you rate and review, this is extremely important for independent podcasters as well. The reason being the more ratings and reviews a particular show can obtain on a platform, the higher that show will appear in search results when people are out seeking a new podcast. I know me, I listen to several podcasts myself. And um, when your podcast is done or if they're taking a break or for whatever reason, and you run out of podcasts to listen to, I'm always on the lookout every, you know, not all the time, but occasionally for new podcasts to listen to in particular genres. So hopefully if people are, are seeking out a new movie podcast to add to their rotation or to replace something that's not on right now, uh, and uh, if I can get a lot of ratings in the show and get a lot of ratings and reviews, uh, that'll help us uh, find an audience out there. Because obviously I enjoy doing this. I do this for the love of doing it. Uh, I would do it if one person listened or a hundred people listen or a thousand people. But again, I, I do want to grow the show. This is why I incorporated the, the video piece a few months back and I've enjoyed doing it that way. It's actually uh, been a lot of fun and actually has made recording and disseminating the episodes out actually easier. So the evolution of me as a podcaster, you know, this is a low tech podcast. So it, it, I found shortcuts and ways to help make uh, recording and getting the episodes out easier uh, and low maintenance. Um, so that's been fantastic. And then within the last six months, that's been incredibly easy with the ability to stream live and to pull the audio and to uh, put the video out as well. Uh, it's saving me a couple of steps where about a year ago, I would have had to take in probably three or four extra steps to do both of those things when I'm able to do them now in fewer steps, which is fantastic. So again, if you do see it out there, just like and uh, rate and review if you listen on a podcasting app. And like I said, if you can uh, like the Facebook page, um, follow me on Twitter. And if you can, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. Cause I know YouTube is a, a, a venue that I know a lot of people use. And, and obviously I want to build my subscriber base, uh, to get uh, the word out there and hopefully have more people find the podcast and interact. Last thing I want to say before we get into the actual review. So I'm also live. Of course, if you're watching now, I'm live on the platforms that I've already said. So if you happen to pop on while I'm on now, uh, let me know. I have the chat room open. So if you're wherever you're at, if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, if you're on YouTube, or if you're on Twitch, um, let me know. And uh, we will uh, get you on. If you want to get on the show, uh, please let me know. And uh, what I'll do is I'll put the link in the chat if you want to get on. So just um, pop up, say, hey, I'd like to pop on. I'll click you in the chat. The chat will have a link in it. You click on the link. It'll ask you to join, and then you'll be on live with me. So if we get a live guest on today, uh, that'll be great. Uh, the, the rules in the live engagement is uh, it's open forum, so we can talk about whatever I'm talking about, which in this case today will be Scream, or if you want to talk about movies in general or any kind of questions you want answered, I'll be happy to interact with you that way as well. But what I will say is um, what I'm going to do, because I was trying to decide how I was going to approach this review uh, with Scream. So I'll classify this episode as... I'll say mild spoilers. I don't even think it's going to be that extreme, but uh, I definitely won't be giving away any major spoilers in this film because obviously, uh, you know, one of the big attractions for Scream for a lot of people is the, you know, obviously the reveal of the killers. If you've seen any of them, you know that there's usually a big reveal on actually who the killers are in a movie. Uh, so I won't be doing that here. Uh, there may be some mild spoilers. You may consider them mild spoilers when I'm talking about the plot. Uh, but again, it's not going to be, if I, if I feel I'm venturing into something more substantial, I'll give you a heads up and say, Hey, either pause it, 
you know, fast forward or, you, you know, stop, watch the movie, then come back. But I usually don't like to do that because I don't want to make, make you ha make you have to come back. So like I said, you, don't worry. There's not going to be any major spoilers here. So I would only ask if we do get a caller on, just don't try not to give away any major spoilers. We'll, we'll, we'll keep the conversation, you know, enough where we can give the plot of the movie out, but not too much where we're revealing, you know, specific plot points. So that's the only thing I ask. So again, if you do want to come on, let me know. And um, like I said, we will, uh, We'll get you on and to talk live. So I'd appreciate that. Hopefully we'll get some people on since, uh, again, uh, we're broadcasting live here during the day. So let's go ahead and get into Scream. So before I get into the review, let's talk a little history about this franchise. So obviously, if you are a fan of horror movies, even movies in general, you know, the Scream franchise is one of the most popular horror franchises in movie history. Obviously, a lot of people's favorite movie franchise. And obviously, it was launched in... 1995 the screenwriter of of the film is kevin williamson so he is a well-renowned screenwriter who came into prominence in the mid 90s uh through television well through scream of course but uh, really through television he created uh the show dawson's creek and of course which was a huge hit uh, at the time it was released and you'll see dawson's creek a little bit in this scream movie as well which is a nice nod to the to the screenwriter uh, and he also was known for Scream. And then, he, of course, he wrote a lot of teen horror movies uh, once Scream was launched. So he did. I saw Teaching Mrs. Tingle. He wrote um, the Scream films. I think he wrote The Faculty as well, if I remember. I think Robert Rodriguez did that one. And I think he wrote that screenplay. And I want to say he wrote I Know What You Did Last Summer, but I could be wrong. But he was in definitely working in that revitalized teen horror genre. And, of course... Scream was directed, of course, the first four films were directed by horror legend uh, Wes Craven. So, of course, you know him, you know, from going all the way back to the early 70s, Last House on the Left. And, of course, in the 80s with Nightmare on Elm Street. And as I stated before, when I've talked about Wes Craven, he's, you know, he directed one of my favorite underrated horror films, which I would recommend anybody see. I'll review it on the podcast at some point. Uh, I always put it out there, Serpent in the Rainbow with Bill Pullman. Uh, that's a really good, scary horror movie set in Haiti with voodoo. It's, it's really, really good. And of course, obviously Russ Craven, uh, you know, legendary director. So he's, he comes on board, directs the first scream. And of course it becomes a international phenomenon and obviously spawns a series of sequels. So obviously the, the theme of scream and the first scream, which I think set it apart and kind of relaunched horror in the, in the theaters and the, in the cinema was the kind of the, you know, we, we call it meta now, but obviously back then it was, uh, winking at the conventions of horror films, explaining the tropes of horror movies while still using those same tropes uh, to entertain people. But it was, like I said, it was a knowing kind of um, self-effacing horror film with with a lot of laughs in it, and uh, along with the scares and the gore and the horror and the murder, like you get in any one of these horror movies. So, of course, you know, it was cast at the time by actors of the time. Obviously, in the first movie, you had uh, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and... David Arquette uh, as the main trio of people. So obviously, um, Nev Campbell is Sidney Prescott, and um, and of course Courtney Cox as the reporter, Gail Weathers, and David Arquette as uh, Dewey, the deputy sheriff at the time in the first movie. So obviously, as you go through the first four screen movies, they are uh, kind of variations on a theme, uh, each kind of tying back to the original in some clever way. And, uh, of course, obviously, people are going to debate and discuss which movies are their favorite. Uh, my wife, who I saw this movie, I took her to see this one, too, because I knew she doesn't go to the movies very often. So I knew 
this would be one I would take her out to because it's one of her favorite franchises. Uh, she's a huge fan of, of, of all of them. Actually, she really actually likes uh, scream three a lot. So, uh, but she's a fan of all of them. So I was happy to take her to see it. So obviously everybody debates on kind of uh, what their favorite sequel is. Obviously with, with the movie being released this past Friday, uh, I saw a lot of people on Twitter commenting on one, their thoughts on this movie. And then of course their rankings, how it fits within the screen uh, series of films regarding which ones are better and ranking them. Cause you know, we've got to rank everything. So uh, let's go ahead and get into the review. So this movie takes place obviously uh, in the present. Uh, you have a new cast of characters. Um, let me get to the uh, the cast real quick first before we get into it. So um, we have a new cast of people. Of course, the three original stars are in this movie as well. Um, so you have David Arquette and Courtney Cox and Nev Campbell. And the new cast is led. Oops, excuse me. Sorry. I had it listed right here. Now, of course, it's not popping up. Here we go. So. The new cast is led by Melissa Barrera. She plays Sam Carpenter. Kyle Gallner as Vince Schneider. You have Mason Gooding as Chad Meeks. You have Mikey Madison as Amber Freeman. You have Dylan Minnette as Wes Hicks. Jenna Ortega as Tara Carpenter. Jack Quaid as Richard Ritchie. You have Marley Shelton as Sheriff Judy Hicks. And... Uh, you have um, Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy Meeks Martin and uh, Sonia Ben Amar as Liv uh, as part of the cast as well. Now, as the movie opens, uh, it opens as all the Scream films do with a girl home by herself. The phone rings and we kind of all know what happens there. You get the familiar voice, uh, which is great to hear, um, basically talking to them, talking to the to the girl you know, asking questions. And in this case, they ask questions about the stab movies. And if she doesn't answer a question, uh, someone is going to get hurt. So that's the opening of the film. Uh, so the, the, the girl that's attacked in the film is, um, the younger Carpenter sister, Tara Carpenter, who's played by, like I said, Jenna Ortega. So she's attacked. And again, mild spoiler here. She's attacked. She's not killed. Um, as what happened, of course, with Drew Barrymore's character, in the original screen. Uh, obviously that was a, a shocker at the time that uh, such a big star was only in the movie for a few minutes. But in this case, Tara Carpenter survives the movie. So, or survives the killing, excuse me. And as she is hospitalized, uh, her friends reach out to her sister, Samantha, again, played by Melissa Barrera, who I believe is in, uh, was in, in the Heights and has done a lot of other films. So she plays uh, the estranged sister of Tara. So as the movie opens, you know, Tara still lives in Woodsboro and uh, Samantha has left and they are estranged. So we don't know why they're estranged at the beginning of the film, uh, but she takes off and is working at a skating rink. I think as the movie opens with uh, with her boyfriend, uh, Richie, played by Jack Quaid, son of Dennis Quaid. So she finds out her, her sister was attacked. She comes back. Uh, to come see your sister. They're estranged. And then uh, the other part of the story is obviously Tara's got a main group of friends. Uh, like you have in every screen movie, you have a uh, the main character and uh, their group of friends. And among those group of friends is uh, a lot of callbacks to the original scream. So I'm not going to give away all the callbacks, especially one of the main ones, but there is a call. There's, there's call the, the brother and sister uh, of, the brother and sister in this film are the niece and nephew of Stu from the original movie. 
So uh, obviously the, uh, the 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 killer that assisted Billy Loomis in Scream One. So they are the nephew and niece of his character. So they are friends of of Tara Carpenter, and uh, the niece um, <laughs> takes over kind of the role that uh, that uh, Jamie can or not Jamie Candy, excuse me, that they that uh, that Stu played in the first movie. You know talking about all these things that happened and, 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 and the, the, the tropes of the movie. So the thing that this screen movie does really well is they discuss, you know, like I said, it's very meta. There's a lot of commentary. This film chose to take the route of fan fiction um, and take shots at that about, you know, kind of the toxic uh, environment of fan fiction. There's, there's some funny um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. Funny references to, Ryan Johnson directing a stab sequel, basically directly referring to his divisive direction of The Last Jedi. So if you're a Star Wars fan, you know how that went. Uh, that's a very polarizing film. People either love it or they hate it. And it's kind of uh, toxic fandom is kind of a theme running through this new screen movie. But of course, they still talk about the tried and true uh, tropes of a horror movie itself. So you get those. And that's always that was always a fun part of these movies talking about, you know, you can't trust anybody. It could be this person that person and so it's it's it does the same thing that the other movies do in the sense that it um kind of tries to keep you off balance on who you think the killer might be and of course in any great because essentially uh screams or whodunits with a lot of more gore and, and violence in it is basically in any good whodunit whether it's an agatha christie book or anything like that uh you everybody is a suspect so if you're doing it right you can think of anyone in the movie being a suspect and have good reasons where you could argue why this person would have a motive to uh, commit these murders. So uh, this movie does a good job of that and following in the tradition of the other screen movies. I will say, uh, and I've, and I agree it is definitely, of course all the movies are violent because people are murdered in them, but there's definitely more gore in this one. Or, or And I don't even want to say more gore. It's probably the wrong way to put it. The, the 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 murders are more gory is probably better they're they're more violent and they show more and i think obviously that's a kind of a you know an evolution of you know the times and 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 what people expect in horror movies uh i did like one of the things i like that they made fun of is uh tara's character the girl that was attacked at the beginning of the film is a fan of elevated horror so uh, i know that's kind of a you know kind of even a divisive category in itself you know Movies like Get Out and Us by Jordan Peele or Hereditary or or, or movies like that or Midsommar, whatever those movies are that are. And I haven't seen any of those. Well, I've seen Get Out. Let me take that back. I've seen Get Out and I like that. I was a fan of it. But they talk about how, you know, the stab movies and, of course, the screen movies are basically old school, scare the crap out of you, gory. There's a killer running around. There's nothing elevated about it. And the criticism and scream in, in the movie within the movie is that the late the last stab film tried to be elevated and basically departed from it what exactly it was doing and uh, you know as i was doing the background research for this film so obviously scream 4 came out 10 years ago which they directly referenced in this movie and, or as stab and uh and it didn't do very well box office wise and then there was issues with obviously you know the issues with harvey weinstein who was the production company that produced all the screen movies and then that combined with the box office uh, disappointment of Scream 4 uh, kind of put it in, you know, uh, put it away for, for them making a Scream 5. And then, of course, the Ryan Stein company was 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 sold. And then Spyglass, 
purchased the rights to the screen movie. So they, they've produced this version of it. And then Kevin Williamson, the original screenwriter, uh, was going to write screenplays for actually four five and six. And then they ended up hiring new directors, the directors that directed the film now, and I'll get their names in a moment, but, uh, their co-directors here and, uh, and then relaunched it not as a sequel and not as a reboot. Uh, I guess it'd be a continuation, even though that sounds like a sequel, but again, uh, so you have the new cast of characters in this film. And then of course it brings the story ends up bringing in the three original stars, uh, Courtney Cox, David Arquette and Nev Campbell, Sidney Prescott. So uh, as we were re reintroduced to those characters, um, we'll start with Sydney. Sydney's moved away. She's got kids. She's just a mom, you know, doing her thing. Uh, of course, Gail is uh, still doing her job as a television reporter. And uh, as the movie opens or as you as those characters are introduced, reintroduced into the series, you find out that uh, that Dewey and Gail are no longer together and they get into more of that story as to why they're not together. And then David Arquette uh, is still in Woodsboro living there. He lives basically in a trailer. Uh, he is not a deputy anymore and he is uh, retired. So if uh, oh, my wife just taught, what's your favorite scary movie? <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Julie. So uh, as they're reintroduced, like I said, Dewey is not in the force anymore. And the new series of murders introduce you to the characters and they go reach out to try to get help to see if they can figure out who is committing these new series of murders. So of the three that are reintroduced back into the movie, they're all, it's great to see them for nostalgic reasons. I think they're all good. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think my favorite of the three is David Arquette in this particular movie. He's actually always good, but his character in this particular movie seemed to have the most heft. And for me, and I'm not a huge horror movie fan, so I, I watch them and I have selective ones that I love, but I don't seek out this genre, which is why if you listen to this podcast, I do the Halloween episode every year with Neve uh, from the UK because she's a horror movie buff. So I like to have her to bounce off uh, discussion on horror movies. But Scream is one of the ones that I enjoy because like, I think it's di it's different than the typical horror movie because it tries to add that element of of. Uh, funny and and commentary about horror movies, but in this movie, I, I really enjoy David Arquette's performance because it, you really could his character had the most heft in the sense that all the care all the three characters, um, Gail and Sydney and Dewey, obviously have a lot of trauma because of these movies and uh, of these of the events that have happened to them in these movies. But it seems like in in the case in this film, Gail and Sydney have moved on with their lives. You know, they don't forget it, but they've they've had productive, useful lives. And and Dewey has been the one that's been really his life has been impacted in the sense that he hasn't really moved on. He's he's basically living in a trailer, not working anymore, drinking. And you can tell he's weighed down to the point where it's pretty much ruined his life uh, and he's just existing. And I think David, Arquette, especially in this movie, his performance to me felt deeper and he felt the most impacted by everything that's happened. And that kind of leads uh, that 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 devastation of his life kind of leads him back into this. And the way they set that up and how he ends up involved again, I thought was really well done. And like I said, his performance is really good. It's probably my favorite performance in the movie, uh, to be honest with you. I think David Arquette was really, really good. And 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 where Dewey is, I think, is is gives the movie some emotional heft. Uh, which I think is needed. So I really appreciated that. But again, uh, Neff Campbell and Courtney Cox always great. They're kind of, um, they're funny because they're almost kind of like a, at this point, almost like a comedy team, uh, uh, you know, that have been through trauma. 
So they, you know, at the point, a lot of these, they, they get a lot of the good funny lines in the movie. A lot of the things that, you know, you know, it's almost like another day at the office for them when this stuff happens. So that part's great too. And I love that. So again, uh, not to knock their performances. I think all three of them are great. I just really got a lot of uh, satisfaction out of David Arquette's performance and where the Dewey character uh, is in this movie and what he does in this movie. So uh, I was really a big fan of that. As far as the young cast, I was fine with the young cast. I think uh, they were they were good. Uh, the lead, Melissa Berenson, I haven't seen her in a, any other movies before. So, but she was really good. I thought she was good as the lead character, Sam. Uh, she, you find out uh, her connection to the past and to the original screen. Uh, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. So that's, I'm not going to spoil that part. Uh, that's a pretty substantial part of the movie, but there she has a connection to the original movie that they reveal. And that's, that also sets the reason why she ended up leaving, uh, and why she was estranged and why she was away from Woodsboro. But obviously you'll, you'll find all that out as, the, as it's revealed in the movie. So I'll leave that part for you to watch in the movie. Cause that's a pretty major, uh, reveal. And, um, again, the movie's fun. Uh, like I said, the movie's a little bit more gory than the previous entries. My wife um, found it a little bit. She had to turn her head a little bit because she's not a huge fan. As much as she loves Scream, and uh, ironically, she loves Saw as well, uh, the early ones. But she she's not a big fan of the gore. But she loves the, I think she loves the whodunit aspect. Uh, you know, like in Saw, the puzzle aspect, anything where it, it requires solving a mystery i think she's a big fan of it in a movie so i think she overlooks kind of some of the more gory or violent aspects of the movies well executed that way which is why i think she's a big fan of the screen movies as well uh but again i thought the young cast was good uh, i enjoyed i enjoyed them uh you know they went through the motions of it in a good way uh like i said you know the killing is a little more gory but look that's what it is you're in for a screen movie uh, so it's good the, the only couple of issues i had with the movie and actually my wife brought up a good one and i'm not, I'm not gonna give it there's a there's a scene uh, with one of the, when, when somebody is killed, I'll just say is that where, where something happens in the scene that took me out of the movie, uh, for a few minutes, actually. And it was pretty major, uh, in the sense that, and again, you're supposed to suspend disbelief when you watch a movie and I, I'm, I'm good with that, but it, it was so distracting to me that, uh, it, it seemed, it took me out of the moment for a minute. So that, that was a, that was an issue for me. So that, that kind of happened in this one, uh, you know, you know, if you're going to have somebody get killed and things happen, they do have to happen. Even though you're supposed to suspend disbelief, they they still got to happen in a somewhat realistic way, in a way, or at least in a way where if it's going to be unrealistic, that it doesn't take me out of, especially a scene that's supposed to be really scary. Now, the 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 dichotomy of that particular scene is that there's a there's a great use of supposed jump scares in the scene too, where it's kind of you think something's going to happen, then it doesn't, then it doesn't, then it doesn't, and they almost I think do it over overdo it on purpose which actually worked and made the scene funny but the problem is that aspect of it made the other aspect of the scene which i did not like uh pull me out of the movie for a second so that was my one major criticism of the movie uh but again that's one scene in the entire film so i'm not going to be super super picky about that but again the young cast is good uh the the scares are good uh the 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 lines that are funny are funny the 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 meta commentary, like I said, regarding toxic fandom and obviously referring the stab movies and, and what the movie does really, really well, which is why I think the critics have really, have really embraced the movie and it's gotten really good reviews is that it is a great homage to the original, uh, film. 
And a lot of things tied back to the original film. And of course, when you do that to a film as beloved as Scream is, uh, I think that's always going to work in your favor, especially if you do it in new and clever ways. So it pays homage to the film while still trying to kind of go its own way in a new way. So I think it, it strikes that balance really, really well. So I, I definitely appreciated their their reverence to the original films and uh, and kind of the the way they've tried to do it and make it modern. So obviously you have some modern touches now. I'll go back to the original scene because this is actually in the trailer, so it's not much of a spoiler. You know, they kind of like the rebooted Halloween or the or or the Halloween remakes and you know starting in 2018, you know, they added the modern elements to it. Obviously, uh, one of the great parts of that scene is she's locking the doors with the remote cell phone to lock her doors in the house, and then the killer's opening the doors and she's trying to lock it, open it, lock it, open it. You know, just little things like that, little touches like that that add to the suspense uh, of that film were great. And it's all good touches. And and again, like I said, I think uh, they did a really good job with this movie. I think I maybe even liked the movie a little bit more than my wife. My wife was funny because she said she liked it a lot, but then she's been picking on things that she didn't kind of like about it. Uh, so I think my review of it would be more than, you know, probably higher than hers. Uh, I had, like I said, my small issue with the one scene that I won't, like I said, I, I'll let everybody decide. It was just something that seemed a little bit ridiculous, um, just a little bit out of the realm of trying to buy it uh, in one of the scenes that someone's getting killed in. But anyway, that's, like I said, a minor quibble. Uh, but again, Scream, and let me get the directors. I was going to get that. So these are uh, co-directors of this film, um, Bettinelli Open and Tyler Gillett, probably hopefully pronouncing them correctly. Uh, directed the film. They've directed other horror films. I was trying to pull up what else they've done because I, I don't know them. I've never heard of them before, but I think they've directed uh, a couple of other horror films and they were tapped to do this one, I think, based on their success on the other films that they directed. So give me a second. I'm going to try to pull it up here real quick because um, I think they did direct a film that I did see. Um, actually, I think with my older son. Hold on. Give me a sec. I'm checking right now. Ready or not. Was that it? 2019? I think I saw that one. No, actually, that's a different film. I'm thinking of a different one. So, no, I actually haven't seen their work. So, but they have directed uh, Ready or Not, which I think at the time it came out was a got really good reviews um, in the horror genre as well. So, they co directed this new screen. Now, the question I think you all are probably going to ask if you haven't seen the movie, and this is actually a really good question, of course, with any horror movie, is are there going to be any more screen movies? I haven't read anything since I watched the movie regarding the future of it. Other, I saw a blurb right before I jumped on the air here uh, that Nev Campbell and the directors, I think, stated that they would be willing to do more. Now, I think the way the movie, this movie is set up, I think they do it in a way where I suspect uh, their suspicion was, let's make this film bring the original cast back, bring a new cast in, and let's see how it does. I think this is more wait-and-see approach, uh, since, like I said, Scream 4, uh, financially, I guess, was disappointing in the sense. I think it did okay, but I think they didn't think it, would do, it didn't do as well as other installments and what they thought it would. So I think they're looking here to see how this movie does. So my, my thoughts are going to be just like anything in the movie business. This is not uh, breaking news. If this Scream film turns out to be super successful, of course, there's going to be another one. They haven't confirmed that, but th th there's going to be another one if it's successful. And from what I've heard, I think it pulled $30 million in three days. It knocked off Spider-Man, finally out of the number one spot. So I think it's it's starting out well. 
So we'll see how it does second week, third week. It, but if it's if it's successful, then there's of course there's going to be another one. I, like I said, I don't think I'm breaking any news. Uh, if it's successful, there's going to be another one. If it doesn't perform financially like they they thought it would, or we're hoping it would, or whatever their expectations are internally, uh, then obviously the the likelihood of a sequel would be uh, diminished. Uh, but I think the way they made this and crafted the film and crafted the story, they made it where it could go either way. Uh, is there a definitive end of the movie where you go, oh, there's going to be another one? No, and I think that was intentional. I think they they wanted to make this movie as you know, which I think is a good way to do it as a standalone movie as well done and well executed as they could while still leaving it open for, for, for more movies. So I think they, they, they got the best of both worlds. So instead of, of, of openly trying to set up an ending that would set up a sequel, I think they just let the movie, you know, they, they plan the movie and execute the movie as a standalone film. So that if there isn't another one, they can say, Hey, look, at least we've made a good entry into the scream series and then leave it at that. So, but again, like I said, based on what I've seen initially financially wise, as far as box office, uh, it sounds to me like it's going to do pretty well. Uh, and if that's the case, then I, I would have no doubt that in a couple of years, you're going to see another Scream. Uh, so but my question is, what are they going to call it? Since they called this one Scream, like the original, I wonder what they're going to call any subsequent movie. I'm more curious about probably that than anything else. So my Van Gogh review of Scream, I am going to give it out of five Van Goghs. I'm going to give it three and a half Van Goghs. Um, which means in my rating scale, good movie, decent movie. I think you should check it out. If you're a fan of the screen movies, you should absolutely check it out. Uh, I don't think I would go up to four Van Goghs. I think it's good. Uh, is it better than Scream 1 or Scream 2? No, but I don't think it's nothing's ever going to be better than the originals. Uh, that's just my take on it. I mean, it was it was a new story or a new type of horror movie at the time. So, I mean, what they're doing here, and this is not this is not a criticism per se, but you can't you kind of can't help it when you're doing this franchise. You're kind of doing the same things. I think in this movie, like I said, they found clever ways kind of to do the same thing. So that's why I liked it. But again, that would make me give it a higher review than I would give Scream or Scream Two. So I think three and a half is good. But like I said, that's with a recommendation. If you are a fan of these movies, then absolutely go see it. And look, you're probably already going to go see it. But they definitely acquit themselves very well. The movie is entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it. I'm glad I went to see it in the movies. Uh, it's a fortune that I, I can't see it in the movies. So, of course, movies like horror, I think horror movies, I was talking about it in the in the show, uh, and I've talked about it throughout the life of this podcast uh, during the course of the pandemic, then that uh, obviously the movie going experience is my favorite way to see a movie. And I haven't been able to do it pandemic, notwithstanding just because of my situation with, with, with kids and, and your schedule being kind of taken over. But even with that, uh, I enjoy the movie experience. And I was saying, I think it was in the last episode that movies like uh, dramas, you can watch at home on streaming and, and not that I don't want to watch them in the movies, but those you can comedies, I think hurt by watching them at home. That's really a communal experience in a theater. And, and now that I'm thinking about it now with Scream, I think horror movies are as well, if you're watching it with the right audience. Um, I think horror movie, uh, horror movies are better on the big screen with a crowd uh, than they are at home. Uh, I think, especially on the initial viewing of the film. Obviously, if you're watching Scream because you've seen it 10 times and you've watched it on video and after seeing it in the movies, that's fine because you find new ways to enjoy it because you know it. But watching a horror film in the, in the big screen, um, you know, with a big audience and hopefully that'll get back to the point where we get full audiences again, uh, I think is a great way to, that's another genre of film that I think really benefits from watching in a movie theater. So I was glad I was able to do that with my wife and I had a really good time with it. So again, I'm giving screen three and a half fan goes out of five. Uh, obviously it's playing only in theaters now. It's not streaming anywhere. Uh, so if you want to check it out, it'll have to be in theaters. 
So again, if you want to get on the show, if you're watching live now, again, I'm on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and Twitch. So if you're on any one of those platforms right now, uh, please feel free to click in the chat here and uh, I will get you on if you want to talk about Scream, any of the Scream movies, Wes Craven, or like I said, if you decide to come on and we talk here live, it is open forum. Uh, so again, the only thing I ask if we do discuss this new Scream movie, let's just, like I said, uh, we don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it yet. I definitely don't want to do that. I'm not that type of, I'm not a spoiler guy, so I don't want to do that for anybody. So again, thank you for joining the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I'm going to be on here for a few more minutes. So if anybody wants to click on live, just uh, let me know in the chat and I'll be happy to get you on. Again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. This is a movie podcast where I discuss and review movies new and old. And again, uh, I am just a movie buff that has been a movie lover since I was a child and continue to love and enjoy the medium, medium of film. It's my favorite art form. Uh, I think uh, movies can do what a lot of other mediums can't. Uh, so that's just my take on it. Like I said, I love reading. I love music as well. It's just movies has been the, the, the medium that has moved me, uh, in the arts since, uh, since I was a child. And, uh, just a quick shout out. I posted it on, um, on my Twitter yesterday and it's not a movie, but it's streaming on Netflix. Um, I am a huge fan of Ricky Gervais, the comedian, actor, writer, and, uh, he's created a bunch of shows. Of course, the original office uh, extras, Derek, and his latest show is called afterlife. Uh, it just completed its third and final season that, uh, dropped on Netflix. I just completed the last six episodes, uh, completed it, uh, last night. And, um, I really want to recommend this show. I haven't really recommended a lot of television, uh, but it's, it's a show about a man who loses his wife and he has a, you know, a video diary that he's taken of her, uh, she died of cancer, and uh, he's devastated by it. And then this, as the series opens, he is um, obviously devastated at the death of his wife, and he makes a decision to commit suicide and ends up not committing suicide. Uh, literally, his dog saves his life. And then he makes a decision after not killing himself that he's just going to basically be the biggest a-hole and just do whatever he wants because she's got nothing to lose anyway. So that's how the series starts. And, and if you know Ricky Gervais' type of humor, it's very edgy, very crude, in the best kind of way, though, hilariously funny. But this show is one of the most moving portrayals that I've seen of, of grieving and losing your spouse and, and how that looks. It's just, and I put it in my tweet, like I said, the show is funny, it's crude, it's edgy. It's uh, but it's also beautiful and moving and this and the last season of it w was was no exception. So if, if you're looking for something new to watch, like I said, it's a it's a heavy show to watch, but extremely funny, extremely funny. And if you like it, especially if you're a fan of Ricky Gervais, uh, I think it's different than anything he's ever done. Uh, he's always trying to do things differently. And I think uh, this this show was wonderful. So if you if you haven't checked it out, give it a shot. Like I said, it's it's if you love this type of humor, it's really, really good. It's really uh, really moving. And I really enjoyed it. So, uh, check that out again. That's afterlife. Um, that's currently on Netflix. There's three seasons of it. So if you're looking for something to watch and you're out of stuff. So again, this is the, let me bend your ear podcast. Uh, I'll be on for a couple of more minutes here. So if you want to come on, just come into the chat room and I'll bring you on. So again, I reviewed the new 2022 film screen and, uh, gave it three and a half Van Gogh's 
out of five. Now, next episode, like I said, I think I was going to review Defending Your Life, uh, the Criterion Collection version of it, the Albert Brooks film, but then I was ending, I was ending up uh, going to see Scream, so this is going to do there. So hopefully that'll be the next episode, uh, Defending Your Life. If not, you know, we'll see where it goes. Uh, again, if you want to email the show, the email is bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter. That's at Bend Your Ear Pod, which is also where live episodes are located. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast, where the live shows are available as well. Uh, the show also has a Facebook page. You just find Let Me Bend Your Ear. I am on Instagram at Bend Your Ear Pod. So please follow me on all those platforms and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, you'll get notifications when the show goes live. Like I said, I was happy to do this one today. It's very rare that I get to do one in the afternoon when people are actually awake. I usually do mine late at night. Uh, when I have the opportunity. So it was great to do a live show during the day. And again, you can email the show, bend your ear podcast at gmail.com. And of course, I will always reference you to the website. If you do not use a podcasting app, uh, the website is let me bend your ear.com. Uh, all the episodes are there. You can download them at your convenience from episode one all the way to this one, which will be down, uh, which will be available shortly. And uh, as I stated earlier, the video episodes, I've started to link there as well. So the last probably four or five going forward will be available on the website if you prefer to watch the video version of it. And again, I want to thank everybody that listens to the show. I want to thank all my regular listeners. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, whether you interact with me on social media or not, because uh, I know a lot of people don't do that, but you listen. So I, I, I appreciate it and I see the download. So thank you for doing that. And uh, hopefully we'll get more viewers. That's great. And we'll get people on as we continue to uh, move forward with the video aspect of this podcast. So uh, again, if you want to come on, if you've been shy, uh, and if you don't do it today, that's fine. But hopefully at some point, if you do watch regularly, I encourage you to come on. And because uh, like I said, I love to have discussions with movies with other people. It's fantastic. So again, thank you for listening. And uh, again, if you follow me on social media, especially on Twitter, if you see my posts with newer old shows on there, if you could just uh, retweet and like them and share them with your friends, I really appreciate it. And if also you can rate and review if you listen to the podcast on a podcasting app, that would greatly help. Uh, increase the exposure of the show. So really, I appreciate that. And if you've done that already, thank you so much. If you haven't, if you could just take a moment and do that, I would really appreciate it. And again, uh, it's been great to do this episode. I will be back hopefully in the next few days to do another one. It'll probably be Defending Your Life. And uh, if not, it'll be a different movie. We'll go from there. And uh, I appreciate everyone that's been listening. I really do. And I hope everybody has a wonderful week and I will be seeing you soon and uh, be out there soon with a new episode. Take care. Everybody have a fantastic week.